Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Music Rewind, a podcast where we look to tell the stories behind our favorite albums. I'm your host, Steve Epley, and in each episode, I will invite a guest on to tell us about their favorite music album, how they discovered it, and what makes it special to them. Musicians, podcasters, audio engineers, or anyone with a passion for creating quality audio content needs the right equipment to make it happen. Look no further than Zounds. Zounds is the perfect place to get everything you need at a good price, delivered right to your home. Guitars, keyboards, microphones, amps, anything you need, Zounds has it. Please use the link in the show notes for the best music equipment sales online. Joining me today is a multi-talented musician out of the UK, Julian's. Julian's is a multi-instrumental singer-songwriter whose new single, Alcohol, is out there on all the streaming platforms. Originally from the Netherlands, he relocated to Manchester to pursue his music career, and we are lucky to have him with us today. Welcome, Julian's, and thank you for being on the show. Hello, Steve. No problem. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad you reached out on, on Instagram and uh, wanted to be a part of this. This is, this is great. Yeah, that's, yeah, the pleasure is all mine, Steve. Really, really nice to do something like this. I've never really done it before. So yeah, let's, let's get cracking. That's what I'll say. All right, uh, let's jump right into this. Uh, what album did you bring to the table and why is it so special to you? Right, the album I brought to the table today is a, a live album from 1979 by Neil Young and Crazy Horse called Live Rust. I've always been tossed and turning about what my favorite, you know, what my favorite band or music artist is. And it's always been, you know, well, at one point it was the Beatles and then it was Oasis with, you know, but I think Neil Young has always been pretty much close second all the way through. And I think there's a lot of Neil Young I've listened to lately, the last couple of years, that I've really never listened to before. And it's just, for me, gone to the conclusion that Neil Young, for me, has got to be the greatest songwriter, the greatest guitar player, just the old musician, the package, everything. And Live Rust, I think, is just, that is basically where Neil Young was just at the pinnacle of his career. It was, the, the band was on fire, Crazy Horse, I think the greatest backing band of all time. They just completely fitted so perfectly to his style of music and everything, and it's just, it's, it's just awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and this was a, a real fun album to listen to. Several yes. songs that I had not heard before. Yeah. But obviously, many songs that are, are you know, classic hits from Neil Young. I had the the privilege of of kind of ripping the the Neil Young collection from my brother. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he, he got it for Christmas one year, and it was like eight CDs, and I just ripped them all. And, and it, had, it had all kinds of Buffalo Springfield and, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young on there, and, and a lot of old stuff. Uh, so that's where I really learned Neil Young was out of that box set because before yeah. that, you know, I had just just heard the couple of the hits and, and knew I liked them, but never dove in. And this album was really cool to listen to because it was like a, a, a musical journey of his career up to that point. Yeah. You know, how, how it starts out with his, you know, early folk acoustic stuff and then ends with his full on punk early grunge era. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, if you, if you say yourself that now that there's a lot of Neil Young stuff that you hadn't heard before, but at the time when he did the uh, Rust Never Sleeps tour, they're on the same tour, he uh, recorded another album called Rust Never Sleeps, mm -hmm. which was kind of which was kind of released, no, recorded live, and it overdubbed in the studio. It took all the uh, the audience out with you know, and it kind of got released as a studio album. But during the, during the tour, there were many people that went to see Neil Young 
And loads of them songs you'd never heard before. Think of songs like Powderfinger, the Sedan Delivery, Hey, Hey, My, My, the big, the big Two. So for people that went to see Neil Young at that time, they had never heard them songs before. So it, it was, yeah, for them, the introduction to, the, to that new music as well. Especially, like you said, the punk rock style. Because at the time, well, I think the, the 70s for Neil Young, as for many musicians, was probably a really hectic time. Because obviously, early 70s, Neil Young released, you know, Harvest, which was probably the most, the best known Neil Young album there is. With a couple of the most best known songs, like Old, Old Man, Heart of Gold, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sitting right over there, actually. I was just listening to, to that right. album the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like at the time, what he did was he went he went on tour, but he didn't play any of the any of the harvest stuff. He just played completely new electric sets. So the same thing, people never heard it before. Some people didn't like it. Some people thought it was great. And he released an album called uh, "Time Fades Away," which is a really not very well known Neil Young album. It never got released on CD, as far as I know. But if, so it's a kind of same situation in the late seventies when he wanted when he went on the Russ Never Sleeps tour. Like I said, especially in the 70s with Neil Young, a lot of his, like Danny Witten, his main guitar player in Crazy Horse at the, at the start, he died of heroin overdose. Mm-hmm. Neil Young went to a bit of a depression and he released a couple of albums like uh, Tonight's Tonight, On the Beach, that had a really downy feel to it. Very different than the, up, than the more upbeat harvest, so to say. So then, late 70s, with the advent of punk music, the idea of the whole tour was, it was kind of a, a sort of a, a concept tour. That's what's called Rust Never Sleeps. It, the idea that music constantly evolves, right? So, and I think Neil Young, as for many people, had the idea that loads of old people, all the music from all the musicians that bands had stopped, like the Beatles had quit 10 years ago. Led Zeppelin pretty much came to an end at that time. The Who as well. So a lot of old musicians, uh, old bands that were well-known at the time, they kind of fell out and punk rock and new wave and all that stuff came in. So the idea of the tour was kind of for Neil Young to stay relevant. That was kind of what they tried to do, stay relevant. And that's the, that's the concept of the tour. That's why if you, if you look at any of the old footage from that tour, you see all these kind of weird, weird crazy people walking around in, in you know, hooded shirts and whatever. You know. Cause, well, Cause you say it was a concept tour. It had, the, the goal was a, a studio album, a live album and a movie. I believe yeah. that, that he co-directed. Yeah, true. Yeah, as a Bernard Shakey, I think he called himself as a director. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, yeah the pseudonym yeah. in there. <laughs> but yeah, like, but like I said, I think at the time it was kind of as if Neil Young, which is an unstoppable force, kind of ran into a unmovable object, which is Crazy Horse, and it just completely, especially at the time, it just completely just came out with a bang, and it, that's just the absolute pinnacle of his career at that time. Yeah, I, I agree. And and it's, he plays very well with crazy horse. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you, you know, discovered Neil Young, if you were a fan of his folk stuff first and then the rock stuff later, the punk grunge stuff or vice versa. Uh, but it's, it's neat to kind of look at him as the solo artist and the, you know, singing in harmony with Buffalo Springfield and Crosby, Stills and Nash. And then also leading, you know, 10 to 20 minute jams with, with crazy horse and he can do both of them excellently. Uh, it, it's not many musicians can do that. That's extreme level of talent there. Exactly. Yeah. Spawn. So, so how did you discover Neil Young? Was it like the folk stuff first or the rock stuff first? Well, I think probably a bit of both really. 
I mean, obviously, like you say, Hive is just, you know, one of the albums that always got, you know, played at home. Because uh, where, where I lived in Holland, but my grandparents both lived about an hour and a half away. So every two, three weeks, we'd always drive there, you know, my parents did. And it'd always be, we'd always, you know, sometimes I would pick an album or my sister would or my parents would. But Neil Young was always one of the artists that just, you know, the greatest hits album or the live Rust album. They always found them their way into the car pretty, pretty regularly. So that's, that's kind of how we're going into it. Okay. That, yeah. That's, I mean, if it was this album that, that helped you discover Neil Young, then that's that right there, you get the, a compressed best of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like I said, I think over the course of my life, I'm 28 years old now, nearly 29 actually next month, but it's, it's by far the album I've listened to the most. Because I just remember loads of Fridays after work when I come home and I'd go out for a few bevies, you know, the pub. And I, what do I do? I just start, let's put in some music, let's put in live rust and just listen to the whole album, start to finish. I've done that and that album so much more than any other album in my life. And that was going to be my next question is, is how do you listen to it? Is, it? is it straight through or do you have select tracks that you like to jump to? Well, if, if I have time, and I have something about time, so I, I do listen to it in its entirety, probably, probably once a month or so. But sometimes I just, you know, if, I've got, if I'm just at home before I have to go to work again, with, you know, listen to a bit of music, I, there's a couple of songs later on, especially ele- the uh, electric songs I normally tend to jump to. Okay. So, uh, well, walk me through the album. I mean, what are, uh, what are some standouts or, or we can go track by track? It's, it's, uh, it's your album. Yeah, okay. Well, we, we can pretty much go through the whole album, really. Well, it starts with a song called Sugar Mountain, which was, I think it was a B-side to one of the really early songs that he had. Maybe from the After the Gold Rush era? Maybe It was, it was actually written when he was with the Squires. Right, really? Oh, yeah, right. it goes back that far. All right, yeah. So it's a really, really old tune. Yeah, well, one of his first probably, you know, cleanly written songs as far as released and, and recorded. That's, that's fair to say, yeah. Now, obviously, it's a, that's, a, that's a start of the acoustic set at the beginning. Then you, get, then you have a couple of songs that come through the review, like Comes a Time, I Am a Child. I think I Am a Child was another B-side, really early B-side around the same time, probably. Yeah, that was, that's a Buffalo Springfield tune. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where comes a time comes from, but I know that I am a child was was Buffalo Springfield. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think comes a time came from an album that got released before. I think it was even before Rust Never Sleeps, before the tour, or it was just before American Stars and Bars was the album, Comes a Time, that the song was on. Then you get, obviously, one of the, one of the better songs in the album, I think. You know, better songs, I mean, they're all great. You get the, the uh, piano version of, uh, well, the version the, that he plays on the piano after the gold rush. It's just a beautiful song in in entirety from the the album version, the live version. It is, I I, I agree, and it just screams with the, that folk style of just telling a, a random story. Exactly, I was about spaceship, spaceships in the base. 
Yeah, it doesn't make much sense, but it's <laughs> it's uh, it's fun to listen to. And like I said, it's a beautiful yeah. piano song, piano version. Then he plays the, he plays the piano piano and then the harmonica as well at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's just great. He plays the harmonica throughout the whole acoustic set, but then when you hear it together with the piano, because on the original studio recording, it's done for horn, I think. It's a horn solo. Oh, really? Then, yeah, so live he plays it with, with the harmonica, and it's just it's awesome. Next song, you get the uh, My My Hey Hey, it's called, which is the, people know Hey Hey My My, the electric song. Mm-hmm. But he actually, did, he actually did two versions of the acoustic version that he played early on in the set. And then obviously later on, he come back with the electric version. But that's obviously, like I said, that is one of the songs that nobody had ever heard before, before they came to New Young's concert. So that was, yeah, that was. That would have been great hearing this live for the first time without ever, you know, hearing it on the radio. That would have been a hell of an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's got the, the controversial, you know, lyrics of, you know, better to burn out than to fade away. And, you know, Kurt Cobain put that in his suicide note sort of thing. It's better to burn out than to fade. That's why they call him the godfather of grunge. I mean, even... Yeah. He played with Pearl Jam in the 90s and obviously Kurt Cobain referenced to it. So he had a massive influence on them, on the Seattle mm-hmm. sound in the 90s. I love the way this one ends where the last line, rock and roll will never die, is yeah. you, the music stops. It's just acapella, that one last line. And he, yeah. he's allowed to just kind of let that last word trail and then the crowd cheers. It's, it ends very, very well. Yeah, well, and, and on the uh, on the film version, what happens on the what happens is he actually puts his guitar down, I guess, into a sleeping bag, <laughs> and then the road the road eyes they call them they're like they wear like purple hoods or whatever it is that look a bit like aliens, whatever it is. They take him off the stage in a sleeping bag while he says, you know, rock and roll will never die, and then and then they set up the stage with the electrics, and then obviously the electric sets start. What? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's really funny, but yeah, it's a bit funny. But it's, oh man, I gotta watch this video now. That's, oh yeah, that's, that <laughs> yes, sounds it, wild. Oh, it's, it's crazy, yeah. But obviously, another thing about this song is, like with the advent of punk, like I said, they kind of tried to stay relevant, and it's it's a tribute to Johnny Ron from the Sex Pistols. I mean, how awesome well, is that? And and Elvis. So it's yeah the king yeah. is dead you talk about elvis and then oh, course, yeah. this is the this is the story of johnny rotten you know so it's it's yeah. got it's, it's that she's he's trying to be that bridge the gap yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's, it's special it's, it's amazing and then that's where that's where the album for me just goes into overdrives you get the electric stuff you get uh, two songs really when you dance i can really love which is off uh, after the gold rush 1970 1970 i think it was yeah That's one I hadn't heard before. It's a song early released, and then you get the loner, which comes straight after it. And now the, the loner is is has always been one of my favorite Neil Young tunes, yeah. but I had never heard this version. I'm I'm used to the acoustic slowed down version. Yeah, of the, of, the, of his first studio album. Yeah, the first solo album. 
that's that's so so this was a, a nice change that was a, a nice uh you know pump it up a little bit version The guitars are just, it's just awesome. The guitar sound of it, this guitar, it's, it's really erratic guitar playing. It's just, mm -hmm. I don't know. You can, you can have these musicians, musicians that can play a million notes per second per minute, but you don't have to be like that. I mean, Neil Young is the living embodiment of that you don't necessarily need to play a million, a million notes per minute. That's true. A great guitar, guitar player. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's the start of the electric set. And then it goes back to a bit of acoustic, and then you get the... Uh, the Needle and the Damage Done, which is obviously a really famous song of Harvest, about obviously the heroin addiction that was rife at the time with people like Danny Witten and yeah. the roadie, Bruce Berry, that he sings off on uh, Tonight Tonight. It's, it's heartbreaking, but it's, it's yeah, it's, I mean... It, 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 yeah, it's a heartbreaking uh, origin of the song, but it is a, a wonderful song. Yeah, it's, 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 a, yeah. it's a classic for a reason. I hit the city and I lost my band. And I mean, it's it's so heartfelt. I mean, every time Neil Young plays a song, you can whether it's on whether it's on the album version, which is also recorded live, by the way, or on the live bus version, or even when you look at him on Glastonbury in two thousand and nine, whatever it was, it's always. Yeah, it's always emotional, really emotional for Neil Young to play that song. But yeah, so it's probably one of the most beautiful songs ever written, especially about, you know, the subject involved. Then you get, after, after Neil and the Damage Done, you get a song called A Lot of Love, or A Lot of Love, which is, I think, also from the Comes a Time album that they released about two years before. Uh, it's a nice little song, but it's not really, not really one that stands out on the album, I think. I, I agree. It was a nice song and it was new to me. Another one that I hadn't heard oh, before. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty much what you can say. It's, it's a nice song. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's a nice filler song. I mean, I mean, on the, on the, on the live set. Well, it, it takes everything. Well, it doesn't really take it down because needle and damage done is obviously a, a slower, slower tune, but it, it, it definitely from the flow of the album, it, it's, it's a, you know, a slow love song, which, then a drastic change when you get to sedan delivery. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> sedan delivery. I mean, what to make of that song? I mean, the lyrics are just, <laughs> is, it, is it about a, is it about a car? Is it about a job? I don't know, Slam Delivery, I think it's a car, which shows my limited knowledge about cars with, you know? Yeah. yeah. He sings about beating a woman with varicose veins in the pool hall. <laughs> the 19 games. About my, my note for it is just this very punk. Yeah. This, this song just screams of him trying to, to do a punk song and succeeding. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. I know, yeah. And then it's, I mean, the lyrics are just 
didn't make any sense. I don't know. It yeah, they're, they're kind of bonkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, what is what is this, what is the thing that he says at the end there? Salander, sedan delivery is a job I'm sure I'll keep, and it was hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. But like you said, it's really it's a really punky song. That's really the attitude to it. Yes. After sedan delivery, which is on, on the on the LP, it was the opener to side three which is not only my favorite Neil Young song, but probably my favorite song just in general, is Powderfinger. This was a, this is a good song. Uh, yeah, I've always liked Powderfinger because uh, it's, it's, it's the, Again, that old the folk storytelling, but you've got but it's yeah. a, a harder song. So he's he's exactly. he's mixing his two styles. Exactly, yeah. And there's always it's all it's it's so funny. You can always find whenever it's a video of him playing the song or anywhere, any discussions and albums, there's always people arguing about what the song is really about. Because people seem to interpret it in so many different ways. Even though I personally think the, the, I think personally the lyrics are pretty straightforward. I mean, it's about, you know, a bunch of bootleggers or <laughs> moonshiners that you know, get caught by the police. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's, yeah, it's somebody doing something there. I mean, it, it, there's really no definition of a war or, you know, prohibition or something, but they, they got caught or their, their enemies caught up to them and it's a, like a yeah. gunboat or something. And yeah. the, the elderly men are not around. So the little, yeah. <laughs> the young man has to, has to take up arms and he yeah. dies. I mean, that, that lyric is just amazing. And that is gone. My brother, my brothers are out hunting in the mountains and Billy, <laughs> Billy John has been drinking since the river took Emily Lou. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's like you say, it's really, it's, it's like one of the murder ballads, really like almost one of the murder ballads, you know, from the, people like the deliverance kind of thing <laughs> that's that's always what i what comes in my way that song it's a film deliverance you know <laughs> i could see that i completely could yeah. see that <laughs> yeah you always get that, that kind of feeling with it. <laughs> it i mean my my vision was more yeah the same same thing but just more uh like uh civil war america era oh yeah that, where where the you know say they're they've they found us and all we can do is fight <laughs> yeah but that's what I'm saying. The song has so many different interpretations that people that people give it. I mean, I've never I've never heard Neil Young, you know, tell us conclusively what, what it's about. I mean, if I'd ever meet him, have the pleasure to meet him, I'll ask him. But <laughs> until then, <laughs> but yeah. And then, well, so they got Powderfinger. After that, it goes straight into Cortez the Killer, which is from the album called Zuma in I think 1977. Fantastic song. Yeah, this live version is just absolutely amazing. And the, the, there isn't a version of Cortez the Killer that I, I don't like. Every single one is different. Yeah. One may be seven minutes, one may be 15 minutes. And it's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. I, I love any band that can do that. Just turn any solo into a you know five minute jam session live. I just, I love that, that shit. And um, Cortez the Killer is one of my, my favorite jam songs. Cause it's such a, it's a, it's a wild tale, you know, of the whole, you know, Cortez, he 
explorer and Montezuma and all that. And then you get that last verse. That's about the woman who misses him. You know, it's like, so yes. what, what is this song about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said it himself that, you know, it's not an historian. So there's him writing a song about, you know, hen on Cortez and then, but yeah, we'll, we'll throw a woman in there because, you know, there must be some, a woman somewhere and misses him. <laughs> but then I think the on the CD version anyway, the song is actually cut short a little bit because it wouldn't fit on the CD version otherwise. Oh, really? Think, yeah. But I think the album version is about 50 seconds a minute longer. Mm. But to be honest, it's, so that's the shorter version that's on the CD is the one I've always, I've always heard. That's the one I've always, you know, listened to. Uh, on the side, there's, uh, there's two excellent covers of this song one is uh grace potter with joe satriani uh yeah. that that's a, a version i love but then also there's another version with uh dave matthews and warren haynes at the central park i knew you i knew you were going to say that one they're, yeah. they're great both versions know, yeah. are just fantastic yeah i know you were gonna and when you said you know two covers i knew you were going to say that uh, dave matthews <laughs> i mean it's crazy good well, I, I think the, the guitar solo in Quarters is killer. I think this is the ultimate version of the song. Well, like I said, it's, there's so many great versions of it. Right, so the next song on, on, on the list is uh, Cinnamon Girl, which is from Everybody Notices Is Nowhere. A dreamer of pictures, I run in the night. You see us together, chasing the moonlight, my cinnamon girl. That's a classic one. It is a classic song, yeah. I mean, there's not much to say about that, really. It's just, it's just a classic tune. <laughs> And many people will probably know this song if they hear it. Yeah, so that's in the middle of the... It's, it's being, and the album is being sandwiched between Carter Sakilla and Like a Hurricane. And Like a Hurricane, again, it's just... I think this is just the ultimate version of the song. You get after um, after the second second verse and chorus. There's a guitar solo that goes on for about I think between a minute and a half to two minutes, but it just it just seems to go on forever. Yeah, it seems to never stop. Yeah, I mean this one is is nearly eight minutes in total, yeah. and it's it's a, a great. I mean, like, I've heard other versions, and just like you said for Cortez, this is to me the the, the pinnacle one of of like a hurricane. I, this is one to always go back to. Oh yeah, I think so. It's the one that on, the, on Dutch Classic Radio on the, in Holland, there used to be a, a station called Arrow Classic Rock. And that was always the version of the song that, I, that they'd play. Oh, really? So on Dutch Radio, was always that, that's always a version that they played. They never played the studio version. It's always that one. Nice. It's, it's that, it starts really, I, when, when, as soon as the song starts, it starts with this like, guitar feedback. And whatever, you, know, like, you, can, you hear, like, mm-hmm. I hear two seconds of it. You hear two seconds of that guitar feedback. And you know that it is like a hurricane from Lifeless. It 
it's just unmistakable. Yeah, that that's that's one of those songs where you're right. They you got this that that little bit of you know the white noise feedback at the beginning, and you know exactly what's coming. Yeah. Classic, yeah, yeah. The classic rock stations where I grew up, it was just all studio versions damn near all the time of, of all yeah. the classic rock tracks. So in my adulthood, when I discovered more of the live albums that were out there, you know, they you know, blew my mind each, each one over because it was like, Oh, this is, this is so much better. Why, why, why weren't they playing this one on WLPO you know, oh, I L- Illinois Valley, uh, tiny classic <laughs> rock stations. Oh Yeah. But they should, yeah. I mean, like like you say, it's it's, it's the ultimate version of the song. It doesn't yeah, the only live song they'd ever play was uh, "Do You Feel Like We Do" from Peter Frampton. So, oh right, yeah, yeah, they got to play that one every hour. Oh yeah, I'd imagine it's that one and the probably but Miley, uh, <laughs> "No Woman No Cry." That's <laughs> the live song you always hear. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, they should. You probably write a letter and say that's a that's a song you have to play instead. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Well, then it's all the more enjoyment if you know the studio version and, you, and then you're stumbling upon this one. It's just all the more pleasure. Right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 you're right. I mean, when you learn the, the studio albums, grow up with them, and then you do hear those live versions or those um, the demo versions are always fun to hear. Uh, yeah. You're like, oh, that's, <clears throat> that's different. That's, that's better. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> that was an odd decision. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Like uh, recently, I've watched the the Beatles get back several times now. Right. The, and and that's and we talked about that a lot in my my classic rock roundtable. It, it was really neat to hear those. Say you grow up with those very standard Beatles tracks, and then you hear the the origins of them in different versions, and you hear different you know different lyrics, wrong lyrics. You just pointing yeah. that hey, it's you you you're almost there, John. You're almost there, Paul. You almost got it. Oh no, yeah. As, I mean, if you go, if you look at Get Back, it's crazy to think that some songs that George Harrison wrote at the time didn't even make it to the album. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. And they, on the All Things Must Pass. All for Things example. Must Pass. I, I recently, I recently bought that album uh, because of Get Back, and then my my cousin is a big fan of that album, and just that album keeps coming up in conversation. So I, I need to finally buy this and listen to it. It's a fantastic album. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good buy. Should have oh, listened yeah. to that a long time ago. <laughs> oh, classic, yeah. Now, so after less, like her again, you get the last two songs, which are, then you get the electric version of Hey, Hey, My, My, which is Hey, Hey, My, My this time instead of My, My, Hey, Hey. <laughs> into the Black. Yeah, Into the Black. And that's where he gets that really, you know, there's a point where he, the, the guitar that he plays, he's got this really, I've always tried to find out what exactly that he, what exactly he uses to get that really, really deep sound, the, like the really bassy sound he gets on the guitar. But it's, it turns out it's a octave divider, I think it's called or something like that. I mean, you hear this song, it, it's just completely really based up that the guitar sound. It's just, it's amazing. But that's really, really punky, really grungy. That's if you, if you get like, that's another, that's another probably forerunner of where all the grunge guys got it from. That sound. Oh, I, I, I imagine, yeah. And then last song of the night is Tonight Tonight, which is from the album Tonight Tonight, which was recorded after the, the tour that he did to kind of promote Harvest, the one where he 
that I talked about before already, where he played a lot of music that nobody had heard before instead of playing all the Harvest stuff. But that was during the tour that Danny Witten, the guitar player from Crazy Horse, died of a, a heroin mm-hmm. overdose. Because I think, I think Neil Young sent him away on that tour after about, before the first gig even, because he, he couldn't perform because of the heroin addiction he had. And then when he got home, I think he overdosed and he died. And that sent Neil Young into a spiraling depression at the time. And that's where Tonight Tonight comes from. But then the song, it, it talks about, obviously, Danny Witten, but then it also talks about a roadie called Bruce Berry, who was a working man. And he died of, her, of a heroin overdose as well during the death tour I talked about before. Damn. So it's, yeah, yeah. So it's just another, yeah, another really, really depressed song. But it's, it's from the, what people generally call the Ditch Trilogy, After Harvest, where they released three albums that were just completely different in tone, really, really depressing, really. <laughs> Low and depressing and revolutionary kind of and this this version again that just goes on forever and ever it's so much different than the studio version the studio version is a little bit messy but this version is just completely executed yeah i enjoyed this track and and uh after into the black you know my first thought is you know that's how you should end the album why why are they tacking on another track but it's actually really really good album closer for yeah you know for this you know compressed live album yeah, you know, I, I love the the vocals with the the harmonizing on tonight's the night that lyric. Yeah. But then I, the solos remind me of the old Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young live sets. Yeah, they oh, they, yeah. they they sound a lot. They don't. This I say this in a good way. The solos in this one don't sound like Into the Black or Cortez or Cinnamon Girl. They sound like Southern Man and. Ohio and just those old style uh, carry on those old tunes. That's, that's what it sounds like w- during the solo sections. Yeah. Like the, uh, the four way street live on bike. Yes. Young. Yeah. That's, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's exactly, what it yeah. sounds like to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, this, this track would sit cool. fine on that album. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like you say, it's just a, it's just a classic closer. I mean, it, it, again, it's just a long, a long gem session. It goes on forever and then the music stops and the vocals go on and then it picks up again. It just, it just ends in such an explosion of sound. Yeah, so it's probably the perfect ending to the album, like you said. Yeah, this was a a really a good album and um, topical. <laughs> if you, yeah, <laughs> uh, if, uh, I don't know the exact air date of this particular episode, but you know we are just in the in the the height of Neil Young uh, pulling the stuff from Spotify. <laughs> so. uh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when when it, when this airs, I probably will not be able to link the album to Spotify like I usually do. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a shame because on the on the Spotify on Spotify the version of Cortez a Killer was the longer version that they had to cut a minute of from the CD version. But I think I think it's at YouTube anyway. But but yeah, <laughs> so it's really easy to go on Spotify and put the long version of Cortez a Killer on. But now obviously it's a little bit more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> if you go to Apple Music now, there's a great big banner at the top and it says the home of Neil Young. So right, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this stuff wasn't planned at all. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, there's not more to that story. Jeez, <laughs> uh, you gotta you gotta love the guy. I mean, he does what he wants, doesn't he? <laughs> I, I definitely think there's uh, it, uh, just more. T- there's there's a business reason behind all this. There's there's contract stuff that 
the whole, you know, pull my music or Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's bullshit. No, there's, I, I personally think there's business, business reasons all of this was done. Yeah. Would he, would he really care about it, to be honest? I mean, yeah, that's a question. But then he's, no. <laughs> but then he's, he's never really been a, a guy to, you know, brush his opinion under the carpet. <laughs> this is true. Then, this is true. I mean, about 15 years ago, I made a whole album about impeaching President Bush, <laughs> living with war. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that came out of nowhere as well. <laughs> he had a crazy album that I, I enjoyed it, uh, Americana. Uh, right, okay, yeah. Which had like O Susanna and all and just these these yeah. old school <laughs> tunes. I mean, it was, it was fun. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he was making a statement or anything. It was just these are like he wanted to do a, a an album of weird southern folk tunes. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. But the guy does what he wants, and you gotta love him for it. Yeah, <laughs> and he could pull it off as well. So. <laughs> sometimes for other people it might sound a bit gimmicky maybe for Neil Young as well but it, he gets away with it I mean the guy can do anything he can do everything <laughs> yeah I mean he lived the uh, well still living obviously but the he's a surviving you know a member of the you know the the, the 60s singer-songwriter group that they all you know him and Joni Mitchell and all them they, they all wrote together and then he's one of the few that you know still maintains some sort of relevance these days, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, there, the, all the all the rock groups still hold him with with reverence. Yeah, I mean the guy the guy releases an album every every year or so. Every, every, yeah, every he's year got like year. forty something albums. Yeah, and it, it just keeps going, never stops. He had, a, he had another yeah. one out just a couple of months ago, Barn. Yeah, it's like him and Van Morrison is like who can who's, who's going <laughs> to top out? They they uh they both have over forty. It's great. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's another one there. You know controversial uh, van morrison <laughs> <laughs> so L- live rust made your top spot what albums made your shortlist right shortlist right a, a couple last year because i turned 28 in february and february at 28 days i decided to make a top 28 of albums <laughs> oh okay cool yeah which i put on my facebook and my instagram and everything all that stuff and at the time actually this album was a number two but like I said, oh, but I think the last year or so, it, is, bro, it, it has shifted to number one. I mean, it, I can't go behind anymore. But the album that was number one on that list was uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis. Great album. Yeah. And, but, another, but another reason why I decided to go for Live Rust is because I think there might be a little bit more, in, more interesting stuff to tell about Neil Young and whether than Oasis. I mean, but then other albums, I mean, Back in Black, ACDC, another classic. Yeah. That's up. Uh, pronounced Leonard Skinner by obviously Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beastie Boys, another a bit different, but yeah, Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, one. there you go. Irish Tour 74, another live album by Rory Gallagher. Okay. So, yeah, he's an, Rory Gallagher was an, uh, was an Irish guitar player that was within like the touring blues community, a really big figure. But uh, nobody really knows about Rory Gallagher unless you're really. Unless you're really into that. But, I've, but I, it's another album that's just live album. Like another one where all the songs that he plays on the album are just better than the studio recordings. It's just the ultimate, ultimate execution of all them songs. Oh, there's, a, there's a couple more I can, can name, like uh, The White Album by The Beatles. It's another one that's up there. Achtung Baby by U2. Okay. I mean, there's so much. I mean, you, you, you could go on forever about great albums. But yeah, those were a couple that would have that were in my top ten. Wish you were here, but Pink Floyd is another is another major one. Yeah. Well, yeah. So those are 
where you get kind of the picture yeah. of where I get my musical inspiration from and how I look at it and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I talked uh, animals for my album on the, at the end of the first season, but I almost yeah. picked uh, definitely maybe by Oasis. Okay. Yeah. I, that's, I really love that album. I mean, I don't have, yeah. a, I didn't have much to talk about it other than just, I love the tracks. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have the, the insight or the story to, to, to talk for a decent amount of time on it. So I, that was one of the reasons it got bumped down on the list, but that's, I, I've always loved that album. Um, oh, I do. Yeah. Rock and roll star slide away. One of my favorite songs of all time. That. Yeah. I, I, someone's someone will bring Oasis to the table at some point. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's great. I'll definitely listen to it. <laughs> Oh yeah, like I said, Animals, another great album by Pink Floyd. I mean, Dogs is just an amazing song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, don't, don't get me started on Animals. I'll talk for another hour. <laughs> but I won't, no. I won't keep it that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, before we wrap this up, uh, please tell our listeners what you're working on, where they can find you, and anything you'd like to talk about. Right, okay. So last, last month I released my debut single, well, debut single, it's the first single about nine years I've actually released, but I kind of see it as a fresh start because it's, I did, I did it before I moved to England, I'd released in Holland, so now it's kind of the first thing I've released over here, so it's kind of a fresh start, which is alcohol, which is on Spotify, Apple Music, if you go to julians.com, you can pretty much find links to everywhere there, like the SoundCloud, Reverb Nation kind of stuff, and Spotify, yeah, Apple Music, whatever you can think of. Um, we, are, we have a next single slated for release on the 18th of February, I think it is, 18th or 19th of February. Okay. So, okay. so yeah, just, I would say follow, my, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want, uh, Spotify, follow me, like the songs, you know, help us out. And uh, yeah, keep, keep tuned for the, uh, for the latest releases coming up. I'll be aiming to release about three, three new singles within the next three months or so. So there's definitely some new stuff on the way which I'm really excited about. Yeah. I've listened to alcohol uh, quite a bit. Great tune. Oh, thank you. And, and uh, uh, I'll be putting links in the show notes for, for all your, your social media pages. And uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to check them out. Good stuff. Thank you very much. All right. Well, Julians, uh, I'd like to thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure to sit and talk with you about Neil Young's live rust. No problem, Steve. It was an absolute pleasure to be on your show. I'd love to do it again. Well, yeah, we'll make that happen. Thank you for listening to Music Rewind, a podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. And as I always say, listen to the full album. Until next time. A podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Back to you, anchors.